Now, before I start this video talking about gut issues and autism severity, I want to underscore that I do not like these labels such as mildly autistic or severely autistic. They are terms that, that the researchers are using in, in the research. And what I'm trying to do with this video is educate you on what the research has found where gut problems in autistic children have been correlated with the severity of the autism in some cases, right? So I don't like these terms. I don't personally use these terms. And I think many parents would be opposed to the, them, but I want you to please keep an open mind. I'm just going to briefly show you what the research has shown so that you can be better informed on what are the most important things to focus when it comes to improving your child's health, well-being, and quality of life. So you may already know that there are some rating scales and questionnaires that uh, clinicians use to help them diagnose autism. So you might know CARS, the Childhood Autism Rating Scale, is quite popular. And there's a few others, so ADOS, ADIR, and each assessment method is different. It looks at different behavioral aspects, but the end result is usually a score or a rating that can be used to determine how severe the autism diagnosis is. And a lot of researchers use this in their research. They may evaluate the children using one or more rating scale, and then they can measure certain physiological markers. So they may do the CARS and ADOS assessment for say 30 children, and then they might measure heavy metals in their hair or their st the state of nutrients in their blood or they might do stool testing to assess their gut microbiota, right? So we've had quite a bit of research where the researchers have looked at the state of the gut. So what we have so far, the data has shown that in those studies that they have done, anywhere from 9% to 91% of the participants in those studies had at least one gastrointestinal problem. So the most common symptoms reported are constipation and diarrhea, and also reflux, abdominal pain, bloating, and excessive gas, burping, belching. So I think constipation would be one of the most common symptoms that are reported. So there's quite a few studies that have already been done. And basically, it's now well established in the scientific community that gut problems are common in autistic children and that they may even exert an influence on autism severity. So here are a few studies in case you want to dig a little bit deeper into the research, get a, a, a better understanding of, of what I'm talking about, but I'm going to summarize it in, in the next couple of slides for you. So one study reported that when compared to autistic children without gut problems, the kids in the study that had gut issues showed greater symptom severity on measures of irritability, anxiety, and social withdrawal. So they had autistic children with gut issues and without gut symptoms. And the kids that had the gut issues showed greater symptom severity on these measures of, again, irritability, anxiety, and social withdrawal. Another paper reported that autistic children with gut problems had worse scores on the ATEC subscales of speech, social, sensory, cognitive, and health and physical behavior. 
Another study found that autistic children were more likely than typically developing peers to have at least one frequent gastrointestinal symptom. Of the autistic group in the study, they found that those with more frequent abdominal pain, gaseousness, diarrhea, constipation, or pain when pooping, scored worse on the irritability, social withdrawal, stereotypy, and hyperactivity measures when compared to the children that did not have frequent gut symptoms. Now, in science, there's a quote or a phrase that goes, correlation does not equal causation. So just because in the studies, we have children that have more gut problems or symptoms that correlate with having higher or more severe autism on the rating scale that the researchers use, just because the the two things are correlated doesn't mean that the gut dysfunction is the reason why those children scored higher on the measures of autism severity, right? But one study, what the researchers did is they gave the children an antibiotic called vancomycin, which only works in the gut. So it's a, it, it's not a systemic antibiotic. It just exerts its effects in the gastrointestinal tract. And after the, they gave this antibiotic to the children, they found that it reduced the autistic symptoms temporarily. So this suggests that gut dysfunction in this particular subset of children did play a role in causing the autistic symptoms. Now you might ask yourself, why did the antibiotic only reduce the autistic symptoms temporarily? And the the reason for that may be because vancomycin works on a specific type of bacteria, uh, Clostridia, which I'll, I'll discuss later. So these, these Clostridia bacteria, some of those species, they can leave behind spores, which are, you know, you can think of them as like eggs that they leave, leave behind. So these spores, uh, the antibiotic will kill the bacteria, but if the spores are left behind, they will hatch after a while and they can start exerting their kind of negative effects again. So that is one potential reason why that antibiotic treatment was only effective temporarily in reducing the autistic symptoms. But what it does tell us is, okay, so you're going into the gut with an antibiotic, you are obviously reducing bacterial populations, you're killing off bacteria. So why did the children's autistic symptoms reduce? Isn't it only logical to assume that the the bacteria were at least contributing to maybe not outright causing the symptoms, but at least to a great extent contributing to those autism symptoms. Here is a quote from another study. The strong correlation of gastrointestinal symptoms with autism severity indicates that children with more severe autism are likely to have more severe gastrointestinal symptoms and vice versa. It is possible that autism symptoms are exacerbated or even partially due to the underlying gastrointestinal problems. So I'm going to cover this in a lot more detail later in the course, but I just want to briefly outline what are the most common underlying causes or contributors to gut problems or gut symptoms, if you want to call them that. They are poor diet, 
intestinal permeability, also known as leaky gut, which we'll cover in, in a, a few minutes, gut infections, bacteria, yeast, fungi, parasites, food allergies or food sensitivities, inflammation, impaired digestion, digestive enzyme deficiencies, and immune system irregularities. So these are the most common underlying causes of gut problems. What's the good news? The positive news is that you can do something to improve all of these factors. And this is what the course will teach you.